0: Welcome to the Close Knit Podcast, a podcast that aims to hold space for conversation to be had about working with fiber within ourselves and our wider communities. You're listening to episode 33 and this week I spoke to Nate Bryant of Loop and Threads and Our Maker Life. Nate shares with us the story of how he found his way to knitting rather unexpectedly and how that love of knitting became something more than a side hobby for him, at first out of necessity and then out of love. We discuss some of the details of how he chooses to run his business alongside a day job and how he manages his time between these things. Nate also helps to run an organization called Our Maker Life, alongside other makers who get together yearly to share experiences and ideas and work together on their craft. Nate describes for me his experience of working in the knitting world as a man and how his expression of his gender shapes his work and how others might view his work as a result of his gender expression. Nate has this really calming voice, and it was a treat to get to chat with him about the many things that make him uniquely him. Listen on for our whole chat. Thanks for tuning in. I'd like to take a moment to thank this week's episode sponsors, Threads of Peru. Threads of Peru is a social enterprise that connects the world to handcrafted treasures of Peru, helping to strengthen ancient craft techniques and empower artisans. By marketing the work produced by weavers in remote Andean communities, and by sourcing products from like-minded organizations across Peru, Threads of Peru is providing an opportunity for artisans, particularly women, to earn an income while continuing to live a traditional lifestyle and care for their children. Something I'm particularly excited about sharing is Threads of Peru's Trips to Peru, tours designed for those who are passionate about culture and who want to experience the Andean weaving tradition firsthand. You can join the Threads of Peru team as they take you behind the scenes to visit some of their weaving partners and experiment with weaving and natural dye techniques. See Peru through the eyes of the people who live and breathe this this country every day and who are working to keep traditions alive and make a better life for those who live here. This is an experience that's not to be missed, an exclusive and very special introduction to the vastly rich culture of Peru. You can find out more about these tours by visiting their website, threadsofperu.com. And as a special offer to Close Knit Podcast listeners, Threads of Peru is offering 20% off anything in their online shop except for clearance items. Just go to threadsofperu.com and enter the coupon code Knit, all one word, at checkout. Thanks again to Threads of Peru for sponsoring this episode of the Close Knit Podcast. And a huge thank you to 100 Acts of Sewing for sponsoring this week's episode. 100 Acts of Sewing is a pattern company making simple sewing patterns for a handmade wardrobe, designed by Sonia Phillip. The patterns are geared towards beginners with pieces that are easy to wear and modify. I have personally sewn the dress number two from 100 Acts of Sewing, and every time I see a new pattern by Sonia, I get so excited because of their ease of construction and versatility. Reading Sonia's instruction was like having a seasoned sewer in the room with me, walking me through the process step-by-step, step, something I feel is often missing from sewing patterns and online tutorials. If you're interested in hand-making your clothes and you aren't sure where to start, or even if you're a really good sewist, I can't recommend 100 Acts of Sewing Patterns highly enough. You can find 100 Acts of Sewing on Etsy and follow Sonia's Handmade Wardrobe Chronicles on Instagram at Sonia Phillip and also at 100 Acts of Sewing, 100 like 100. Thanks again to hundred acts of sewing for sponsoring this week's episode of the Close Knit Podcast. Hey, it's Ani of Close Knit and I'm here with Nate of Loop and Threads. Hey Nate.
1: Hey, how you doing?
0: Yeah, good. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. I'm fantastic. I'm pretty excited, a little nervous, but I think more excited than anything.
0: Yeah, I've also I feel similarly. <laughs> right now. Um so you're in Virginia? Is that right? Yes.
1: Yeah, that's correct.
0: Yeah, okay. Did you did you grow up there?
1: Yeah, uh, for the most part of my life, I moved around a little bit, uh, mostly in the states. Uh, I lived in Florida for maybe I say four months. I also moved to Maryland, and uh, in and out of D.C. for work, anyway. But mostly, I always came back to Virginia.
0: Yeah, cool. Yeah, what's your? Do you have a day job? What's your work?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I do. I work in D.C. Um, for the government. So uh, it's a little bit of labor work, Um, what we do is we set conference rooms up for uh, some high profile people or people that need to do meetings and things like that in the uh, Hubert Humphrey building in DC. So that's kind of cool, I'm kind of surrounded by a lot of historical buildings, um, like literally across the street from the uh, US Capitol, um, just down the street from the White House and things like that. So. What yeah it's normal to me it's more like a tourist spot for like other people, but I see it every day, and I'm like, What's the big deal? <laughs>
0: yeah, cool. well, I might jump in with some questions about your fiber practice. Does that sound good?
1: Uh, sounds great,
0: cool. What's your fiber of choice, and what sort of craft medium do you gravitate towards the most?
1: Um, I would definitely have to say knitting uh fiber of choice uh wool wool, everything uh. I love wool, particularly Peruvian wool or mm. merino, 100% merino. But yeah. definitely wool. It's just something about the way it feels, the way it drapes, and the way it works up is it's just different. It has like this premium feel to it and look to it. So uh, that that's me. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and you're mainly knitting for your like online store, your Etsy store? Is that what you do most of your knitting for?
1: yeah that's what I do most of my knitting for um lately, I've been finding interest just to do it for myself um something I've noticed, and I kind of see it through other makers as well that I don't think we do enough for ourselves like I think it's okay to be a little selfish, you know and,
0: yeah
1: yeah i've I've made hundreds, if not maybe thousands of things now, and I probably officially own like enough to count on one hand to be honest, so yeah
0: yeah it's pretty crazy yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and so most of the stuff that you're knitting is in that like peruvian highland wool like most of the things i've seen you knit have been sort of like chunkier and stuff is that right
1: yeah yeah um maybe one thing i make it's a hat a simple slouchy hat i use worsted yeah. wool or worsted yarn but mm-hmm. i really like to work with like bulky or super bulky because one it works so quickly but also you just have that that weight to it it's just something about it it just feels I don't know I guess I don't know you can get the sense of handmade but at the same time it goes a little beyond that and it's it's just a premium feel a quality feel so
0: yeah yeah yeah. do you okay because this is the thing I can never get past with Mm -hmm. really chunky stuff is is like the feel of the needles in my hands something about that (laughs) feels wrong to me yeah (laughs) do you like that (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I actually do. The one thing I find pretty unique is that um I know a lot of makers we probably feel like you have to use a certain size needle with a certain size yarn and I think that's halfway true. Um and that's what makes knitting or even crochet um unique is because each pattern is special to its own. There some patterns where you're using really big needles. But the yarn, it's really thin, or you're using um, small needles, and, and the yarn is really big. So it all depends what you're making. So me, I just kind of, uh, I just kind of freestyle and just kind of, you know, like just just work with what I have or what I think will have the best impact on what I am what I'm making. Because at the end of the day, you know what it is you want. You know, you know what kind of drape you want. You know the size, the length, the width, and things like that. So. Mm-mm. but bigger bigger needles they can be challenging at times it definitely slows me down i can't knit but so fast with big needles so i'm like what am i doing here so yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah. well because like i i knit a lot like whilst i'm walking and when i'm like sitting on public transit and stuff and that yeah. all works out fine with like little five millimeter mm-hmm. needles yeah, yeah, that are yeah. circular or something but if i'm just like walking down the street <laughs> with my giant knitting just, like drumsticks that's when you might like <laughs>
1: yeah. is, is that <laughs> a weapon that. or yeah it's yeah Crazy, yeah yeah Mm -hmm.
0: yeah what's so what's that process like for you you said it's like kind of free form of Mm -hmm. um deciding like how do you decide what you're going to put into your shop and what patterns Mm -hmm. you're going to make and do you like write up your patterns for yourself like can you walk me through Mm -hmm. that whole process
1: yeah I do write up my patterns um for many reasons one is because um so I can refer back to it sometimes I do forget but the more I make it, I like it just burns in my mind and I'll memorize it but then i also write it because maybe at some point of time or in time i'll like to share it you know mm-hmm. so and um i'm inspired by everything like i can work on one pattern and while i'm making that item all of a sudden it makes me want to make something else so quickly before i forget i want to at least like jot something down and yeah. over yeah So over time of of just knitting, I've just learned the concepts. And if you can learn the general concepts of, like, you know, what's required to make a hat or a sweater or a scarf, you can kind of, you know, manipulate that and it can turn into something else. And Mm. it's just the understanding, you know, of Mm. of just making. So that's kind of my process. I just kind of think of, I try to take something very simple and make it practical i like really simple things but it has that sort of again premium quality look and feel and um almost store-bought i'm trying to get to that level it almost has that store-bought look to it but at the end of the day it was made you know with my two hands and that makes it extra special so
0: yeah totally Yeah, yeah yeah so then can you take me back farther with like Kind of how you started out and how you got into knitting, like if somebody taught you and oh, take okay. me take me all the way back
1: <laughs> yeah. so um on YouTube, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. when I started, and well, this actually goes back to the story, um, okay, so it was a pretty low time, a depressing point in my life. I uh made a terrible decision, um kind of peer pressure. But I was working. It was when I was younger. I was working um, at Home Depot at the time. And just pretty much let a guy walk out with a bunch of stuff. And, but had no idea that he was taking, you know, things off the shelf without paying. I'm thinking he's returning the items. But, uh, so that, that's a bad look on me. They let me go, obviously. But um, luckily I didn't see any jail time. <laughs> but. I uh, did still, uh, had to pay a hefty fine and still with that record that made it hard for me to uh, get a job, you know, so when you're applying and they see that no matter how good you look or sound in the interview, once they see that background, they're like, "Uh, nah, we'll go ahead, you know, we'll pass on you. So I was at a pretty low and. Naturally, that made, you know, my financial situation, like, pretty tough, so I had to, you know, provide for myself, and I was selling some things, like things I probably didn't need around the house, electronics, but then eventually I ran out of things to sell, and I got desperate, and I guess, you know, when you get desperate and your back is up against the wall, you kind of react, or you find yourself, you know, doing things that you never thought you would do. Knitting is something I definitely thought I would never, never do. Had no interest. I didn't know the difference between knitting or even crochet. So yeah. um and I just kept thinking, well, I like to draw, you know, I like to paint. And I, I I've always had this creative side. That's something I did a lot when I was younger. And um Then I just kind of fell off of that, of course, I was getting distracted by, uh, you know, just people and things and sports and stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. I went back to that creative side. I uh, found myself on YouTube and we all know how that goes when you're on YouTube. (laughs) I say this all the time, but uh, you're watching cat videos, right? And (laughs) like, how'd I get here? So. um, but instead of cat videos, I found myself watching knitting videos. And I'm watch, I don't remember who it was at the time, but I'm watching this woman and she's knitting and then she's crocheting. And I don't even know what she was making at the time. It was probably a hat. and But what I found constant about it was that while I was watching this video, I felt calm. I felt relaxed. And I started to realize that like, the sound of the needles, like, clicking, the sound of the hook going in and out of the yarn, that was very therapeutic to me, and I liked mm-hmm. that. And at that point in time of my life, I needed something like that. Mm-hmm. So I told myself, okay, I'll go to Michaels, I'll go to Walmart, and it was right behind my house. I'll grab, you know, all the knitted needles, I'll grab all the yarn, and I can do this. And I did that. <laughs> I, the very next day, I bought, you know, all the yarn I could and I was very surprised that yarn was very expensive. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it would be a couple of dollars, but no, you're talking about seven, eight dollars just for one skein. And I'm like, are you serious? So I went mm. to cheaper yarn at the time.
0: Yeah.
1: Um the first thing I tried to do was knit, felt miserably. Uh <laughs> I felt like I was all thumbs. So I set that to the side and I started to crochet actually and I picked that up really quickly and then I started YouTubing and Googling everything I wanted to know how to do every stitch there was and then I got bored with it only because I wasn't necessarily making anything I was just crocheting just to crochet yeah and I started to make things and I enjoyed what I was doing I was fascinated that I took this ball of yarn and I manipulated it you know I just turned it into something else and I made my first uh, crochet hat, and I was pretty excited, and I shared it with my folks. And um, they was like, are you serious? Really? You made this? I was like, yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, it's pretty cool. You should sell it. Nah, I don't know about that. And then the more I made it, the more confidence I got from my friends and myself. And um, that's when I heard of Etsy. I think a friend of my mother, she um, mentioned Etsy, and then from there on, uh, I just kind of, you know, searched it, did my homework on it and I said, Hey, just start, just do it, you know. And um from there on, like, I'm I'm here now. I you know, I didn't wanna stop. I thought it was pretty cool to uh make money off of it because one, that's something I needed at the time, but just doing it helped me escape from my troubles and it felt good and I just ran with it and stuck with it and it turned into a passion and I absolutely love it. So now I'm doing it to, well, one, because I love it and I enjoy doing it and I sell a few things, but I don't even do it to sell anymore. I mean, one, I have a job now, but yeah, um, it's, I don't know, it's, it's taking me places that I probably would have never been to. Like earlier this year in July, I came back from Canada, um, and that was awesome. And I probably would have never went to Canada if it wasn't for knitting so and i've met so many people i've been able to network and educate myself and just build these relationships and even right now this you know this this podcast that we're doing i probably wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for knitting so i'm very thankful for it and to be able to interact you know with people like yourself and it's just it's cool so it's it's an adventure you know it's a journey and i just really can't wait to see where it takes me next so
0: yeah yeah. oh Thanks for sharing all that. Um, (laughs) That's really, yeah, thanks for just being honest about about Mm -hmm. all of it. And I think it's really interesting that you found knitting, like, calming right off the bat, other than, like, Mm -hmm. the first bit of being like, oh, I can't really get this. And then once you did kind of get it, then you're like, yep, calming, done, got it, because I'm finding teaching knitting classes particularly – Mm like beginners, there's this whole people have this sense that like, this is going to be really calming and therapeutic and I'm going to love it. And then they're really frustrated (laughs) when it's not calming. Mm -hmm. Like, this is hard. I don't like this. It's like, when does it start to feel calming? You know, is the question that they're asking me. So it's interesting to me that you remarked that you felt that pretty early on. I think that that's Mm -hmm. pretty telling.
1: Yeah, it was definitely something that I uh, picked up like right away, just watching the the video on YouTube, um, just hearing the woman talk and just like at one point she was just quiet and she was just simply knitting when she went to crocheting. And I was like, I'm really enjoying this and I I need this. This is a must right now. So and to be able to do it yourself, it takes it to another level. and um, Even now I'm just like, I, I don't know, I just stop sometimes in the middle of making a project and i'm just like this is really calming, you know like everything is quiet it's almost like sitting in a white room or just white noise and you know you don't really hear anything yeah either.
0: yeah yeah no <laughs> i was just thinking that it's good that you didn't get lost in a little cat cat video meme hole and instead you somehow ended up in a knitting youtube video hole mm-hmm. god and isn't that interesting that like you would have just been surfing the web like doing whatever and that's that sort of random event has set, has set you on such a defining path of your life now?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very big part of my life right now. Like, it's significant. Yeah. It's not, I say it's just a hobby, but really it's, it's more than just a hobby. I I would like to say it's, it's my life right now. You know, it's yeah. like when I wake up every day, it's, um, you know, to brush your teeth, you know, to wash your face, you know, to do this and that. But if i don't knit it's like wait am i forgetting something it it, it almost feels like yeah. i walked out the house and i forgot my cell phone and you know how much yeah you know how how much or how important cell phones are nowadays
0: yeah so, yeah. yeah yeah do you ever leave yeah. the house without your knitting
1: um physically yes not mentally because <laughs> yeah. I, I can't really, <laughs> really good yeah point. i can't take it yeah. to work but it's definitely on my mind and I'll pull out my yeah. phone and just type something up real quick in my notes, like if I have an idea, or yeah. I'm browsing the web, looking at you know people's accounts either on Instagram or the site, and you yeah. know things like that. So knitting is mm. in my everyday life, you know, in some form or fashion. So
0: yeah, yeah. this is a weird question, but do you ever like? Sometimes when I'm really excited about knitting, I like can't sleep at night, like I just lay in bed and I'm thinking about all the things that I want to knit, and I'm like, <laughs> does this ever happened to you
1: <laughs> yeah, it has actually it, it's happened a lot um actually, uh I want to say yesterday, yeah yes, yeah. yesterday it was it was like that um before I went out, yeah, I, I know time could fly, so I was like, I want to get as much done as possible, you know before I not to step out with my buddies, but um. Yeah, and that, that that goes back to me writing everything down because I'll forget it, and I'm like, no, that was a major, you know, role or a major key a major idea I had. So, yeah, um, yeah, I I definitely do, um, and just also being inspired by so many other people. Every now and then, I must admit, because I am human, I have my moments where mm-hmm. like, um, I wouldn't necessarily call it writer's block, but I'm like stumped. You know, I'm like, what do I make or what yeah. do I do? You know, and. Those moments kind of come in between orders or maybe sometime during the summer where it's like the downtime part. And um, Mm. so I'll look at other makers that I look up to and they'll inspire me. Like, for example, uh, Chantel from Knitted Two, she's a machine. Like, she just pumps out so much, like, often. And um, I don't mean just, like, hats and, like, scarves, but really big items, like, things you wear. And to have them coming out so frequently, I pretty inspired it just kind of reminds me of like hey make 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 you know continue powering on and i think that's pretty empowering you know her being a woman i think that's pretty special especially in today's times mm-hmm. but uh mm-hmm. that even me you know as a male i still like just as a person i just think she's a reminder of like having an attitude so it fits with her with her uh her name <laughs> yeah <so. laughs> yeah
0: have you like I don't know. Do you feel like your expression of your gender has influenced how you're perceived in the knitting community, or how people interact with you?
1: Um. Yeah, uh, I think there's pros and cons. I haven't necessarily seen the cons yet. (laughs) The pros,
0: yeah,
1: (laughs) I have. um, It's almost like I get attention without necessarily asking. Like people are wondering, why do you do it? You know, why do you why do you knit? Mm. Just going to Michael's, I've Overheard people from like the aisle over you see him over there? Why is he buying all that yarn? you know um what is he making oh, wow, you know? and um even some of the employees that work there they're like he's uh buying up all the yarn, so I'll go there on the sale and they're like, yeah he's I guess he has the money for it uh, I don't know but it's it's pretty interesting, so i I get the questions um are the last two own male events of matter of fact i'm usually if not the only guy one of the only other guys in it. maybe there might be two other guys so three max so um i stand i stand yeah. out i definitely stand out but i think another pro is that uh i have a different perspective on it you know so um i see things differently mm. um actually mm. there is a con actually um it because what I make, it's either specifically for a woman or um, it's for both, or it's unise- a unisex. So I think that's a challenge for me. I don't really have any male-dominant yeah. uh, items that I make. So I will say that can be a con. But that's something I can overcome. Yeah. It's just a matter of am I willing to you know, kind of change my target group or at least expand my target group. So Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you, so you specifically design mostly for like women's items, I guess? Like, I don't know. I kind of, it's kind of a funny thing, hey, because like none of these things really have inherent gender to them. Like, yeah. Right? Like a scarf, a hat. There's no gender to it. it,
1: To be honest, you're you're correct. It really doesn't. Mm. But I guess, I don't know. I guess that's society playing. It's, you know, it's a role in my life or in my making because you hear yeah. knitting and like, oh that that's that's a woman's thing. But really it's uh-huh. it's it's not, you know, if you look back, um men did a lot of knitting, you know. Uh-huh. So um but in today's world, yeah, it's a heavily uh female dominated uh skill. But um Yeah. Yeah, I mean I a hundred percent agree with what you said though. That it doesn't really have, yeah. you know, a dominant gender base. What I make mostly a male or female can definitely wear it.
0: I guess just switching gears a little bit to how you kind of manage all this in your day-to-day because it's like, you've got this day job, you've got an Etsy store, you do stuff for our maker life. Like how, can you walk me through those different elements of how you manage your time and how you get all that done and like the seasonality of Etsy and stuff?
1: Okay, so again, to start off with the uh, writing everything down, I tell myself to uh, do one thing at a time, no matter how, you know, big of a task it is. If I do one thing at a time, I know it'll get done and then I can focus on whatever it is I'm doing and make sure I'm doing a quality job, you know, because quality is everything to me. Um, Everyone in I'll Make a Life will let you know that I, I stress over that. It's one thing to just simply do it and just say you did it and then you're like a Mr. or Mrs. Me Too. Like, okay, that's cool, but to separate yourself is to do, you know, quality work. So, um, but I write it down and once I leave work, luckily I have a kind of the kind of job where I don't have to bring home work home. But as soon as I get home I can transition to, you know, my maker mindset and hop on whatever, you know, task I have at hand. So if several orders come in, I knock each order out in the order that I receive them. Even if the third order takes five minutes, but the first two order the first two orders take like I don't know, two hours each. I'm not gonna skip to the shortest one. I knock each one out, you know, in the order at hand. And um mm. you know, not to overwhelm myself and uh yeah, I mean I, I just, you know, simply do it at that well like that. So um I don't know, it's It's easier to show than it is to explain for me. It's just, I just kind of do, you know, one thing at a time. Uh, Definitely don't overwhelm yourself. Because I've done that before. I've, like, failed plenty of times uh, where I didn't get an order out on time. uh, Or I completely forgot. I've shipped the wrong color (laughs) to someone before. Uh, Yeah. I think recently on Instagram I've shared that I uh, didn't like making something. And I was, yeah. yeah, so stressed about that. It, and there was nothing wrong with it. I just didn't like it. I just thought it was, I don't know, cheesy. I just, and that that's another thing as a maker. If you don't enjoy something, then don't, don't do it. Don't do it. You know, don't just mm-hmm. work for others. Don't work for the pleasure of others. At the end of the day, it's your craft. And if you like it, then other people will like it. And then if they don't, then that sounds more like a personal problem. But, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah. Enjoy what you do, and then your work won't really seem like work. It'll seem like fun. So yeah. enjoy what you
0: do. Well, that's I wanted to ask you about that because you had mentioned that on your Instagram that, like, I've got this thing mm-hmm. I've been making. I don't want to fucking make it anymore. And then, like, of exactly. course, somebody yeah. ordered it, like, right when you <laughs> wanted it. And you're like, I don't want to make this. Yeah. Like, how did you kind of... Refine what it was that you were going to offer in the shop and how do you change mm-hmm. it when, like, yeah, how does that look for you when you're like, I'm kind of sick of knitting this one thing? What do you do?
1: Yeah, what I would do is um, if I feel like the people or customers really like that, mm-hmm. I'll try to, before I, you know, axe it out, I'll, I'll look at a few things, like how many times was this ordered? Yeah. And then depending on how many times it was ordered, on or offline because i have probably countless things i've made offline where people just kind of contacted me like through friends or something like that and that will determine the value of how important this item is not necessarily not necessarily the dollar amount but the the feel of you know the importance of that item yeah and if i feel like the value is high then i'll keep it alive maybe through a pattern yeah or um Bring it back every once in a while, or if I feel like it's just a seasonal thing, like for example, the pressed flowers I do, I can do that all year, but I really push that during the summer, like during the spring and summer, because that's naturally like when flowers bloom. But I can do it all year, Um, so I'll do something like that. Or if I just simply don't enjoy it, then I I just get rid of it at the end of the day I just want to enjoy you know what it is that I'm making yeah and yeah so I'll I'll just leave it at that
0: yeah and honestly like my experience of this and speaking to other people about this is like when you're not enjoying a thing or when the thing doesn't actually like authentically represent you people can usually tell (laughs) yeah they're like "Mm."
1: exactly yeah Mm. and I'm glad you you brought that up because uh The reason I was able to um, determine that, actually, is early on, I was trying to make everything, like, whatever anyone else was making, I was trying to make that too. And that's when I kind of found myself uh, not doing it for me, you know. I was doing it for others, and I'm not here to slave for others. I'm here to, you know, work for myself and enjoy what I'm doing. But, hey, at the same time, I would love to share what I'm doing with you all, and if you want to purchase it, then cool. But... Yeah, just showcase your items, show your work and you know, but don't don't you know, do it for Instagram, don't do it for Facebook, don't do it for Twitter cuz you confine yourself in this box and then you wonder why, you know, like there's no breathing room yeah. why everything looks the same. So
0: Yeah, you know, I mean yeah. so you went from like learning how to knit, seeing what all these other people were doing, being like, "Oh, mm-hmm. do I want to knit that? I think I want to knit whatever everyone else is knitting," to then having this point where like right. your style's really developed and like it's I can tell when mm-hmm. it's you. Like you have a really specific photography style. Like I mean, also you're in your photos, so I know it's you, but <laughs> um conveniently we are our <laughs> own models in knitting, I guess. Um but I wanted to yeah. ask what it was like kind of that process of developing your style and that process of, you know, you said you had kind of figured out, you know what you wanted it to drape like, you know what kind of size needles you want to use. How did that all look? What did mm-hmm. that whole process look like for you?
1: It um, started off trial and error, of course. Yeah. Um, and you kind of had to, well, I kind of had to uh, fill it out. I had to fill myself yeah. out. And it was kind of one of those moments or things where you know when it happens. You know it's not set in stone. It's not like okay, it's gonna happen now. You just kind of refine yourself as you go, and you do kind of pull some um, some ideas or learn from others. I there, well, I can't say a few. There's uh, there there are a lot of other makers that um, uh, that I really look up to, and I can see their true personality in it and i learned from them for example yoku mm. um you may have heard oh, of her oh yeah
0: yeah yeah yeah.
1: Yoku. yeah yeah. she's i don't like to favor people but if i had to choose one she's definitely m- my favorite her she's such a boss that's, that's all i can really say she's a boss yeah. but um her style is is genuine it's authentic and I really wanted to be like that. Not like her, but in a sense, like, hey, be you, you know? And um, I remember when she finally released a pattern, and I bought it. But I didn't buy it to make it, and I still haven't made it. Mm. (laughs) And I bought this, like, a while ago. The reason I bought it, well, two reasons. One, to support her, and then uh, two was to, I just kind of wanted to pick her brain. It was just a simple pattern, but I thought maybe if I can read this pattern, maybe I can kind of, know get a clue as to how she thinks Mm. and um it helped me a little bit and i just kind of you know applied that to myself you know to be my own person and i just went on from there so every little thing that i made i had to ask myself would i wear this yeah i would okay you know is it too big Uh, okay it's a little too big so let's make it a little smaller you know how do these needles impact the size? How does this yarn impact that size? You know, you can use bulky yarn. Like, say if I have a pattern and it calls for bulky mm. yarn, and you don't use the exact bulky yarn that I use, the drape, the tension, all of that can be the same. And that's something I actually stress in my patterns. I think I put that in the notes part. And I say, um, you know, this pattern calls for bulky yarn, but if you don't use um, wool of the Andes bulky from Knit Picks, then please understand that your drape and you know etc cetera, etc cetera, can be different totally so yeah so my patterns are based on the needle size and the yarn that I mm. use yes you can use your own but yeah just doing that trial and error and then you know when it hits you you have that feeling you know like okay yeah th- this is it I like this yeah. this is it right yeah here. so yeah,
0: yeah. And, and you just yeah I guess that's it. Hey, it's such a, it's almost inarticulable. It's not, not easily articulated because it's, because it is kind of like just that it feels just genuinely right to you and people mm-hmm. can tell. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It's just interesting. Hey,
1: mm-hmm.
0: how did, um, press flowers come in for you? Have, been, have you been doing that for a while?
1: Yeah, I've actually been doing it for a while. Um, I just yeah. didn't, I guess put it up front like I do, you know, knitting, um, Mm. I uh, I was making a greeting card actually uh, for my grandmother, and that's something I saw her do um, mm. when I was younger, and it came back to me. And there, <laughs> where I used to live, I recently moved, but where I used to live, uh, one of our neighbors they had a bunch of flowers, and um, one day, uh, <laughs> I guess I'm telling it myself, but. One day I picked a couple of flowers, <laughs> and um, not too many. I didn't want to make it obvious. And there was this bush that, uh, I guess around springtime, it would always grow. They were they were tulips, and I would pick those, and I would put them in a book, and you know just flatten them and let them sit for about a week or two at the most, and you know they would press and dry out, but. Uh, mm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's something I saw my uh, my grandmother do, and uh, I just went with it. And early on, I, I wasn't making, like, uh, monograms like letters. I just would just kind of arrange flowers and just kind of make the colors clash. And if, if it looked nice to me, then I would just go with that. But I wanted to do something yeah. a little different and uh, make letters. And, uh, but the thing is, I don't have a garden, so I had to think, you know, where can I get pressed flowers? So really um even now still people well people actually contact me and ask me hey, do you have a garden how are you able to you know do this and that how long does it take for an order and really it's not a secret but there's a site called greetings of grace and they press flowers so ah. yeah and I order it from there the press flowers and um I think they have kits or something but I don't I don't use the kits I just order pressed flowers in our freestyle every single design so yeah yeah so if a person orders you know a pressed flower and they both order the same leather in the same color choice or the set of flowers um, they won't look the same one it's almost impossible yeah because yeah, yeah. yeah, each flower doesn't grow the same so that's the uniqueness of it and then it it lasts forever so it's pretty cool
0: Sounds like you approach a lot of elements of your life in the same way that you approach your knitting in this like very form kind of way. It's interesting to hear you talk about the way that you approach this and also like how it was kind of how it's also just kind of incidental, like, mm-hmm. oh, I happened to like need to yeah. make a greeting card for my grandma yeah. and like my neighbors had these flowers. I just like picked uh-huh. what I could so I didn't yeah. take too many and made this yeah. thing out of it.
1: It, it yeah. happens like that. Um even patterns that I've created Mm. And some that I haven't shared because they're not for sale, but just for my reference. Um, I've changed those over time. I'm always trying to refine my work. You know, how can it be better? You know, what can I do to make a sequel on it? You know, I actually have sequels of some things that I've created. Uh, but no, just different variations. And I think knitting as a whole is just kind of reopened my creative mindset. You know, again, when I was a kid, I was that kid in class who would actually get upset at itself because it didn't look you know quote unquote perfect you know I remember one time I actually it's embarrassing now I'm thinking about it, but I was trying to draw something and it didn't look how I wanted it to look, so I got so frustrated, I actually started crying, and the art teacher uh I think her name was Miss Rose and she, you know, came over to me and asked me, um, you know, what is it, you know, why are you crying and I'm sitting there crying in tears, can barely talk, letting her know, like, hey, this isn't turning out perfect and she let me know, um, early on as a kid in elementary school that, you know, art is a trial and error and what makes art special is, you know, how you create it. Like there's no one way, you know, to do it. And um of course, at the time, I didn't really understand that, you know, like, no, it has to be this way or it's it's nothing. So she kind of walked me, yeah, she walked me through it and she drew it for me and I got over it eventually. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> yeah. so it, it, it takes me back to just, just being open and just free form and just, just, just creating, you know, there's so many ways to do so many different things and it's just limitless and that's what I love about this art in general is, is just pretty awesome
0: yeah because you you said you like to draw and paint and then you've been doing these press flowers and stuff do you feel like since you've taken knitting um i guess you've monetized your knitting so you you're making for other people and you're making specific orders and stuff do you feel like you've you use other modes of release for like creativity like Mm -hmm. i mean Mm -hmm. you even mentioned Mm -hmm. basketball before we started talking like can you walk me through that
1: yeah um you mean like as far as doing other activities for this release yeah okay uh yeah yeah Mm. definitely basketball uh that's also something Mm -hmm. i fell in love with early as a kid and still to this day um luckily i have a a job that allows me to uh, actually have time for basketball during my lunch break and Definitely. On fr- oh, cool! Yeah, every Friday, we uh we definitely play ball, and then Monday through Thursday we just kind of shoot around. But um, yeah, I'm I'm a big sports head, <laughs> so I, I definitely do that to uh, release stress or just to go out and just express myself. Um, if not you if you can't already tell I'm, I'm I'm a pretty quiet and mellow kind of guy. Uh, Everyone in our I'll make your life or anyone who's ever met me uh can tell you that. But on the court, on the basketball court, I can probably be the most aggressive if not the loudest one. Um so it's kind of, yeah. It's kind of a night and day thing. It's weird. It's like a jack on high thing. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that uh drawing that's something I need to pick up again. I was well I like to think so, I was pretty pretty good at it pretty good at it. Um painting. I wouldn't say I'm great at painting but I love to do it. Um it's kind of a um I'll say it's a mess that I like to get myself into because painting isn't necessarily a, a neat thing. But um yeah. I think the last time I paint it was my other aunt's birthday and during the party it was like a wine a paint and sip thing or something like that. That was the first time I did that cool yeah so uh that turned out fun um we were painting an angel i think and um i don't even know where mine is but we all had we kept our own canvas and everything and uh, i uh, got a little competitive <laughs> i wanted it to be <laughs> just like the picture you know so while everyone else was just kind of finessing theirs, which was cool because it it could be whatever you want but That was the picture and I wanted it to be just like the picture.
0: I'm sensing a little bit of a theme here, Nate.
1: (laughs) But I I didn't cry this time.
0: Calm but competitive. (laughs) You didn't cry. I I often think about like kids are just the Kids just express exactly what we wish we could express in yeah. our everydays, but we've just been, like, silenced by society. <laughs> like, yes. you're not allowed to cry in public. Don't cry. <laughs> Where, like, little mate was like, I'm so upset. This is the end of the world. Cry. Yes,
1: yes. <laughs> That's exactly how it's I mean,
0: it's probably yeah. good in some ways, but <laughs> also I wonder about that, whether we're stifling important aspects of our emotional experience.
1: (laughs) Yeah, as a child, we're we're so raw with emotion, and it's amazing. Um, Kids are amazing, actually. But, uh, yeah, I mean, painting, basketball, uh, drawing, when I used to do it, a lot more. Um, And just hanging out with my friends every now and then, I think, you know, those are times where I can just kind of relieve... Stress, or just express myself. Um, other than that, I'm I'm a very basic guy. I'm, I'm very simple. I don't really turn the TV on until like I don't know when the sun goes down. Maybe I don't really watch much TV. So you know, basketball comes on at yeah. night. Every now and then, I watch some sitcoms. And I like the older. Do sitcoms. you knit
0: while you watch?
1: Uh yeah. Do you I, knit while you watch TV? I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I watch friends the tv show friends yeah Uh, (laughs) Yeah. i like old uh like mystery shows um i actually like murder she wrote (laughs) (laughs) and i like golden girls actually too i think those those women are pretty funny they're pretty sassy so um yeah i don't really watch too much too much uh new tv now so I think yeah, subconsciously I watch those shows because it reminds me of my grandmother. And so when I was okay. younger, she uh, she would watch that too. And she would watch a lot of old westerns. And I haven't quite found uh, the channel where the old westerns come on. So if I figure that out, I'll probably be watching that too. So.
0: <laughs> old westerns. Yeah. I'll look it up. I'll see what I can find and report back. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we can put it in the show notes when we figure it out. Oh, along with a picture of your angel, if you find it. We Mm -hmm. should definitely put that in the show notes.
1: Yeah, I have to to contact my mother, yeah, because I I know she has it. So
0: yeah, Awesome. Um, uh, You've mentioned Our Maker Life a couple of times. Yeah. And I wondered if you could tell me about that and when you got involved, when that kind of became a thing that you were involved with.
1: That was... uh... That was pretty cool actually. Uh I wanna say it initially started well actually it, it wasn't something that was planned. Um Jewel from North Knits, she reached okay. out to a bunch of makers and on Instagram, um and you know, through the, the uh direct message and she uh basically she just wanted to do a greet and meet. Just a simple greet and meet, no title to it, just hey Let's get offline. Let's actually meet. You know each other. Of course, do a little bit of knitting. Just hang out and have fun. That's it. And it just quickly snowballed. Um, I know Allison from La Reserve Design and Kathleen from Country Pine Design, Kelly from Knit Brooks, and myself. We kind of just kind of threw our skills in there. I think uh, Allison mentioned she. Uh, she had a contact with We Under This. Um, Kelly mentioned something. And then we kind of separated ourselves from the mass group chat to just us five. And we just kind of started sharing each other's skill sets and it just snowballed. And then it turned into an organized meeting. And we have this plan. And I'm like, hold on, how did we get here? You know?
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And we. I don't know, we, we reached out to We Are Knitters and um, they provided a buttload of kits and then they start throwing around the word sponsor and I'm like, oh this is for real, this is, this is legit, okay. And early on, the fact that I was someone that Jewel even noticed because everyone in Our Makeup Life and then everyone else they reached out to, I looked up to them all. Like I remember looking at their shops on Etsy you know, trying to figure things out, you know, why do they take their pictures like this? Okay, that works for them. Let me see if that applies mm. for me. And the fact that they acknowledged me I felt special, you know. So I was like, okay, cool. And um but yeah, we we just kinda separated ourselves from the group, us five, and we just took it took it from there. And um uh, we are knitters, we've we've grown a really uh, great relationship with them and um pretty soon um actually we're, we're going to be gearing up to do our third annual event uh where we're at I don't know that's going to be based on the community vote uh, I kind of know where I want it to be but that's just my personal opinion you know so we always leave it up to the community because at the end of the day our model is just uh it's about everyone it's about everyone it's about getting offline uh being tangible, you know, seeing each other in person, and mm. of course, knitting, but just stepping aside, you know, from social media, uh, learning from each other, educating each other, just being around like-minded people, and just having a good time, and it—it's an excuse to have at least one vacation a year, and you just kind of never know. It's like rolling the dice, and like, okay, it's going to be here, rolling the dice, okay, it's going to be there next year, so. Cool. It's pretty cool. but um, Yeah,
0: and this last one was yeah. in Canada?
1: Yeah, this last one was in Canada, and for it to only be the second one, it was the best one yet. I mean, every yeah, year cool. we, we want it to be bigger and better, but it was definitely the best one yet. And it kind of felt like home. Um, it was my first time going to Canada, but uh, Toronto in particular, it's it reminds me a lot like D.C. I mean, it's a city. But mm. except for the people are a lot nicer in Toronto. DC, <laughs> yeah, yeah, DC people are very aggressive and yeah. yeah. So, but it was awesome. I, I I already want to go back for like another week or two. I felt like I didn't stay long enough, um, but it it turned out to be so good and just seeing so many new and familiar faces. So. I really had a good time, so. Yeah,
0: cool. What did you guys do while you were there? So, like, I know it's, you're meeting up, but are there, Uh like, workshops? Like, what are y'all doing?
1: Yeah, so, um, we introduce ourselves, of course, um, and then beforehand, when we're planning, we kind of decide who we want as speakers, like, from other Mm -hmm. makers. They kind of share their story, uh, some of their secrets, and... Um, things like that and then we'll have other contributors or sponsors introduce themselves and we may get a sneak peek on maybe like their fall line or exclusive you know yarns that aren't out yet and um, things like that we'll have a knit along which everyone joins and that's where uh, black or we are knitters they provide you know kits for everyone um of course, there's food. We all love food. <laughs> the why everyone comes. I don't know. But, <laughs> yeah. And uh, what else do we have? Oh, we have giveaways. Um, sometimes we go overboard with that, <laughs> but uh, yeah. And then after the event, we um, we just kind of explore the you know the city wherever we're at. We explore. it. We hang out. See new things. Try new things. Um, And just just connect with each other and we just have a really good time I mean we we try to keep it simple I mean obviously we relate back to knitting and things like that but we remember hey we're human and you know let's let's just be together and let's just have a really good time and um oh yeah we also have panel discussions so that is open for just about anything whether they're asking us questions or it's just general topic and anyone you know can jump in and through it all we're we're all learning we're all learning and we're finding out you know some pretty interesting and cool things so Mm
0: -hmm. yeah totally yeah um so you've mentioned a few people that you like admire and stuff but i always like asking the question of who we should be following in the fiber arts world Mm -hmm. just because it's kind Mm -hmm. of there's always more people can you tell me some Mm -hmm. more that we should be we should know about
1: Um, all male, of course. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, I mentioned Chantel from Um, I think people should definitely follow her. I mean, so many people, tens of thousands of people are already following her. But reason being is because, like, she lives and breathes, you know, knitting. Mm. And it shows in her true soul, like, her personality, her character. And... You can see it in her her hair, literally. <laughs> she colors it, you know. And um, she's just like that in person. She's sweet. She's very animated. And yeah. she's just a machine, you know. If you're ever down, if you don't, if you feel like, you know, you don't know what to make, just go to her profile. Just, you know, chime in on her uh, live streams. And her energy is just contagious. Yeah. So definitely uh, follow her. Um, Yoku. Yeah. She's very contagious as well, but yeah. less animated. She's very artistic. She's um, kind of soulful, um, even from the way she dresses. She's just definitely her own person. Um, mm-hmm. And she's, I don't know, like if there's a godfather, she's the godmother of this knitting, <laughs> for me personally. Um,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: And so she's she's pretty sweet yeah. um someone else who i also knows who cranks out a lot at least in my opinion is chelsea from uh i think it's chelsea nits photography if, uh-huh. if i'm not mistaken she knocks out a lot of sweaters and cardigans and and things like that and similar to uh chantelle she um i don't know i just find that very impressive you know it's one thing to knock out 20 hats in a day or no 10 scarves in a day but if almost every day or at least a few times a week you can show me three to five different sweaters or cardigans I think that's pretty impressive personally um, that's a lot yeah. of sweaters on the go <laughs> That's a yeah I mean, I'm like where do you <laughs> have time to do that you know so, yeah yeah um, but she's she's pretty sweet too she's I, I've had the pleasure to meet her at both um i'll make a life events the one in new york the first one and this past one yeah Um, who else uh there's another maker her name is i think nicole or nikki Uh i think her handle is nikki hirsch h-i-r-s-c-h i I think Uh um and i haven't met her but she's more into um tunisian crochet but the things she makes are—they're um, beautiful. It's just very intricate and just—I don't know—quality work. You know, I, I love the way her stuff is styled. Um, she's adorable though. Like, with she shows the you know personality that she shows through her uh, her Instagram feed, and um, she's. I've engaged with her through Instagram um, early on, though. I do remember that um, actually back, I want to say back around the time before I was known as Loopin' Threads. I was actually mm. known as the Hands-On Club, which <laughs> <Ooh. laughs> sounds corny. It sounds I like it. <laughs> yeah.
0: I didn't I'm know this.
1: Sure. Yeah. I, I'm not sure how I, uh, how I went over that or how I didn't mention that, but... Um, <laughs> And actually, everyone thought I was a woman. I didn't show my face. Oh. I didn't show my face. So
0: they just assumed. They just like, it was just your work. So they're like, oh, this must just be a woman. Whoa.
1: I didn't show my face. I didn't show my hands. I just showed my work. And before I purchased my own camera, uh, my own DSLR, my friend, um, Alexis, who is into photography. She's at dental school right now. But she um she was my mother she was the one i was taking pictures of so they thought that was her uh. <laughs> So then I would, yeah it, it was pretty fun it was fun and funny and then it started to get a little awkward when i would receive comments <laughs> so i'm like hold on wait wait, wait. that's it's a little inappropriate so i had to let it be known i'm a guy <laughs> so yeah, people were really surprised. Yeah, people were definitely really surprised. They probably were surprised about my comments too. Like that's kind of aggressive for a female. <laughs>
0: you
1: know, I'm a guy. Oh, 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 okay. That it makes it makes sense now. Okay.
0: That's interesting. So. It's interesting too because there's that weird sort of gender dynamic of I'm sure the way that I comment f- towards other women is generally like. Mm-hmm you go girl <laughs> like probably really <laughs> yeah. annoying actually but it's yeah, weird it's... how that yeah how that our gender mm-hmm. expression kind of filters the way that we approach people yeah. and how we talk to them and how our comments are taken it's like oh was that yeah. nice or was that creepy like
1: yeah it, it, exactly and then until you like meet or at least hear a person's voice then it kind of helps put that personality behind it Mm. because sometimes I'm nosy I'm just like bored and I'm looking through the comments of someone's post and I see what you know hey girl but hearing you say that now when I read it I read it differently now you know like I always read it as like the typical you know, oh hey girl you know but how you said it was I don't know it seemed cooler than how I read it (laughs) Well, so, I was
0: just thinking now that now that I get, can yeah. hear your voice because I haven't heard your voice before. Like, mm-hmm. I think my voice, like my my voice, is on my in- internet presence a lot because of the podcast and mm-hmm. because I'm a dickhead and I put things in my stories <laughs> and stuff. So, like, it just but it's <laughs> interesting how you can go this long like reading someone's captions and like never actually yeah. knowing what they sound like. Like I can yeah, kind of put yeah. it together, but I've only ever seen mm-hmm. like pictures of you and what you write. So it's interesting now right to be able to hear your captions in your voice.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. It it, it is. It, it it has that that character. So, I mean, that that's kind of how it was with our Maker life too. Um Yeah. We were chatting for so long before we actually uh video chatted. So, on mm. the record right now, we do that And... um you know that helps us engage with with each other uh, much easier, but um, all five of us were from different places too, so that's also a challenge. But um, it's always gonna be in July, but the day I can't say now because I, I honestly I, I really don't know. Yeah,
0: top so. secret. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So July yeah. something, twenty eighteen Mm -hmm. provide something 2018 and 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 what's okay so if you had it your way where would it be Mm
1: -hmm. i want to go to texas for some reason i just want to go to texas yeah um if not it could be a lot easier and just be here in dc i mean i live in virginia but the part of virginia i live in we meet up with dc and maryland so it's almost like one big state ah okay um
0: Yeah, my, like, geography is really bad, so I was trying to imagine how you go from Virginia to D.C. for work. I was like, is that really far (laughs) every day?
1: yeah. It's like a 20-minute, 20, 25-minute drive. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Like, they call us the the DMV, like, D.C., Maryland, Virginia. Uh, Just those parts of where it meets up. Now, if I was to go deep mm -hmm. into Maryland or deep into Virginia or you know dc then yeah
0: but a little bit farther yeah mm-hmm.
1: definitely definitely
0: yeah cool well thanks for chatting with me
1: oh thank you for having me i mean this was fun yeah was, was there
0: anything fun. else that you wanted to talk about that we didn't cover
1: um well what inspires you I i've seen some of your your videos on instagram and i absolutely love i just want you to know you are a thing within our makeup life like in the chat sometime oh. we will screenshot or share someone's picture or video within it just to kind of get our day going and i know jewel she she loves you like when you do your dances and stuff and she's like like say if something goes on it makes her happy it makes her day she'll share that and say this is me today and it'll like me today but it'll be you you dancing and expressing yourself and you know know, get a kick and laugh about it we love it though so
0: oh wow thank you
1: thanks that's awesome (laughs) you're welcome um
0: it's really funny because um I guess I've been dancing for like my whole life. Like I've been dancing Mm -hmm. since my mom enrolled me in ballet classes when I was two years old Mm -hmm. and I've been dancing in some form or another for ages, but I've never, it's only been in the last like kind of year that I've videoed it or shared it anywhere. And Mm -hmm. I met a girl the other day for the first time I was down at this little like live music thing that happens in Hobart and I was dancing and I was like meeting her and I was like, Hey, I'm Ani. And she's like, I know. I see you on the internet posting dance videos. And I kind of did like this, like, Ooh, like I'm so embarrassed. And then she was just like, you can't react like that. You put it on the internet. And I was like, Whoa, okay. (laughs) Like she just called me the fuck out for like feeling embarrassed (laughs) about this thing that I am making a choice to put on the internet. But it's sort of funny Um, when you put something on the internet and you're used to people reacting to it and engaging with it on the internet. And then what mm-hmm. the actual like in person reaction is, and someone's like, "I yeah. saw you dancing on the internet," and I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> did you?"
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's thanks. definitely something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: it's a funny. One. I think it's.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. Like I don't know. I, I definitely. I think maybe maybe I even admire that about you. Like your post, like. When I remember to read the captions, I always have to read the captions because sometimes the captions say a lot more than the picture, but or for anyone, but um, I don't know, you, you just seem very expressive and like free and it just seems pretty awesome, though. It, it really does. So oh, it's pretty cool.
0: Thanks. Thank you. That yeah. means a lot. It's a funny, funny place to put all your feelings on the internet, mm-hmm. but it's been mm-hmm. good. Yeah, it's connecting me with people like you, so it's good. Awesome. Yeah, cool. Thanks for coming on.
1: (laughs) Thank you for having me. I hope you can do this again sometime.
0: Yeah, totally. You've just listened to episode 33 of the Close Knit Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, please share us with your friends and leave us a rating and a review on iTunes to help us reach more people in the fiber arts community. Thanks so much for tuning in. Till next time.